Um, okay, we're ready. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Miseducation that Richmond Needed podcast. Today, uh, I introduce my guests, not as who they are, but who they are to me. Uh, I have Shirley Sakey here. Uh, really excited to have her. Um, to me, uh, I met Shirley uh, about a year ago, I suppose, when I started coming to Epicenter West LA. We go to the same church. Uh, I also highly recommend you check out EpicenterWestLA.org. Right? Yeah, yeah I think so. Uh, uh, in case you're, you're curious, come see us at church, whatever. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, Shirley is uh, an educator, and she runs the children's ministry at our church, so I feel like it'd be great to talk to her about all of the wonderful stuff, wonderful stuff she does. Thank you for joining me for this conversation. Um, first, I feel like we, I want to say we're in your school. Uh, do you want to give me the brief rundown of how the school works and what you do and everything about it? <laughs> okay, um, well, uh, we are Dandelion Atelier and um, we started in the thick of the pandemic, um, I want to say September 2020. Um, we moved out here, Yam and I moved out here probably, yeah, in, in 2000, end of 2019. And um, when we moved out here, this yard was just like a pure dirt lot. Oh, wow. um, and uh, we didn't think too much of it. Um, we're renters and stuff like that. Um, and when the pandemic hit, there was a, a few people that I bumped into in Marketplace that were like selling their schools. And at that time, my son was around about, about a year, a little over a year. And I'm like, you know, collecting materials for him for thinking of like, you know, getting older and what he's ready for and um yeah as I was buying materials for him I stumbled upon a lot of schools that were closing down and I got a little itch <laughs> to get some materials that, uh, for just a really great cost you know <laughs> um and yeah I just like felt like there was just um this like this opening of opportunities um as like I was stumbling upon a lot of like schools um, that were closing down and one thing led to another and like our backyard turned into like a little studio and then I had a little play date um, here uh, with a friend and she was just like secretly wishing and hoping that I'd start something um, because she knew that I was an educator too, an early educator before um, becoming a mom and mm -hmm. stuff like that um, and um, yeah and it was just you know we uh, Yam and I worked it out my husband we worked it out and um, it just like kind of became a school from there. Um, it's still a very limited service school, so we only meet twice a week, ten to one one. Um, so yeah, it's just Tuesday, Thursday. It's essentially an enrichment program. Yeah. Um, but it's been a blessing for us to be able to have this school. Um, I a little bit about me. I have a little. Uh, my background in education is in um, like early education specifically, um, but uh, I. I, uh, most of my training was in private school setting um, and it's uh, through this philosophy called Reggio Emilia inspired or Reggio inspired there's lots of different ways of um, describing it but it's Reggio Emilia it's a philosophy based from Italy um, and uh, yeah so I was teaching in that setting for a long time um, it's also uh, kind of it's social it's Reggio Emilia Reggio inspired and social constructivist so um, social constructivist is the belief that like children learn best in like a social setting um, so we learn from each other not just like at, we can really be great learners our, on our own but we need each other to kind of like move forward yeah. move our society forward and our thinking forward um, so yeah that's kind of like my passion and um, working in a very 
like um, private sector for a really long time. It's always been my passion to make it more available and accessible to more people. So yeah. this has kind of been a dream of mine that I've kind of like um, always, it's not like I'm like, I want to start a school. I've never like have like, I mean, I it's not like part of my personality to be like, I want to start school. Mm -hmm. It's just more like, I just wish these settings just had more pe diversity in like pe peoples and backgrounds and not just for people that can afford $2,000 a month yeah. for tuition, you know? Um, so yeah, this has kind of been a dream of mine and um, this school is pretty small. I only have 10 students. The max I had was 11 last year. Um, and um, it's kind of a hybrid. So some parents stay and, um, uh, and there's also drop-off options. Mm -hmm. um, and we were able, ever since we started, um, we were able to just offer reduced tuition for at least one family. So the way I budget the balances, like, you know, tuition for everybody is just making sure that, like, yeah, um, other people can afford it that won't normally be able to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Was, like, because I feel like it takes a lot of courage, uh, not even just courage, but, like, like, risk in, like, well, I don't know. To me, it, I, I feel like I would, I could never imagine myself like starting my own school because it's like that sounds so big and scary. Uh -huh. And it seems like the way you're talking about it, how you're like, oh, I wouldn't expect myself to do that. But it seems like you just jumped in and you're just doing it. Like, what was the, uh, maybe the pandemic being so boring and us having nothing to do, <laughs> but like, what was the the motivation to say like, ah, actually, I could do this on my own. You know, I think everyone has different personalities. You know, um, I think for me, I, I. I think the pandemic was just a very unique setup because one there was a like a need for it and it was like whenever I feel like there is like a huge need but then there's you know it, like it just feels like um there isn't as much how do I explain it um like there's a need for it and then like the bar is low because there's like mm, yeah. like a high demand but the bar is low you yeah, know yeah. like but like my personality isn't like I'm only gonna give people the bare minimum it's not like that yeah. you know but I think like uh, in general like I am a person that it, it, like really does um pursue excellence mm -hmm. um and I think sometimes that could be really high stress when you're in a setting where there's already a lot of demands on teachers and right. stuff like that and um yeah so whenever there's like I, re I remember being a teacher a lot of teachers don't like rainy days or any days where there's any like you know challenges or different like newness to it but I I always always thr thrived in those settings where like oh cool like nobody knows what to do you just gotta yeah, do yeah. something you know and so <laughs> it just feels like there's no rules and you can get creative and I think that was the aspect of it that really appealed to me. So it didn't feel scary to be like, oh, I'm going to start school. And also, to be fair, it was like two days a week. So in my head, I kind of set the bar a little lower too. Right, like right. like the way I thought of it is like, it's not going to be like a school because like to start yeah. a full-blown school, that's like scary. Um, but it's like two days a week, you know, three hours each time. Actually, I, I started om om only four, two hours, I think. Okay. Maybe an hour and a half. I, I'm not remembering, but like it was very little, minimal. Yeah. Um, I feel so like yeah. that also like keeps your um, yours and maybe like I don't know if you do you 
I don't know the right word, the parents, but like the clients, the people who are like sending their kids to you, mm-hmm. it's like they're keeping the expectations like a little more realistic, I think. Because if you're like right out of the gate doing five days a week, six hours, it's like that's a lot. Yeah. But yeah. to have these like tiny bites, if you want to scale up, I guess that's a nice way to do it. Yeah. And it was like at that time, nobody was offering anything yeah. or there yeah. was really hard to find like teachers to teach pods and stuff like that. So this was just like a perfect storm in a yeah. sense for me. But yeah. Um, yeah, but um, mm-hmm. I feel like I love to. Um, I always think it's it's really fascinating to me as a person who doesn't have kids about like what it's going to look like, starting from the uh, mindset of an educator to then have kids. Mm-hmm. And I feel like whenever I either see you interact with your kids or like when you post about them on social media, <laughs> like just like the way that like you talk and the way that you interact with them is so fascinating to me. And I feel like both of your boys are these like amazing, beautiful, cool like jungle boys or they're just like <laughs> rascals and you're like yeah go be rascals like it, you it, it's like this fun thing where they can like I mean the, they have so much to play with and like explore here mm-hmm. um how do you feel like your I guess both how, how your educator background influenced how you raise the boys and then how being a parent has changed like how you view education yeah um it's not easy with having being a parent. I think in, uh, uh, I think that's the part that kind of like just blew me away a little bit because it's like everyone always tells you before you become a parent, you're just like, but you're twenty four seven, so it's like you're full time. And it's like, but before that, I was like, but I work with kids and I at, at school and I work with kids at at church and this on the weekend and I love being an aunt. I love having my nieces over and sleeping over. I'm like, I think I think I kind of understand, you know. Um, but I think like, uh, yeah, it, there are challenges in terms of being a parent because yeah, you, you, your, um, your basic resources get depleted a little yeah. bit when, mm. when it comes to sleep. And I didn't really, um, like connect the dots. Like, you know, parents always talk about their sleep deprived, but, um, I think it is, it is a different challenge as a parent versus an educator. Cause when you're in educators, um, in an educational setting, it's very vacuum sealed, mm-hmm. you know, like the structures in place, um, the schedule and the way that you run things is kind of like, you know, it's, it's conducive for those hours that you have right. the kids and then they go home. Um, so, yeah, I think like becoming a parent, it did make me kind of like second guess and doubt like, oh, my gosh, I'm teaching my kids to be really open ended, mm-hmm. to be really free thinkers. That means they don't listen to me. At all, <laughs> you know, like I'm like, oh, my gosh, you know. And, um, and I think that's the challenge and that's something that I'm constantly holding tension for, you know, because I think that like, if we want to raise free thinkers, we have to be open to their ways too. And it does, it means not always getting my way (laughs) as well. Um, and then sometimes it's just, yeah, it just looks different and, um, it's really like dealing with like why do I want to be in control in this situation um what are what is the real problem here um what is the lesson that um I want to support and what is like what are my actions doing instead so I feel like it makes you think really deeply more Mm. deeply as the parent um to do that so um yeah with that being said I think it's it it is something that like I have to just remind myself to you know because I forget when I'm in the thick of it um, I'm just like, oh my gosh, my kids just like have these like grandier ideas and that means like taking everything off the shelf and moving it from one side of the room to another, you know, and it's just like, why, you know, yeah. can't you just play here like <laughs> with these blocks? <laughs> um, it's like, you know, it's hard 
like we can't contain their thinking yeah. you know like um this is where it, it's 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 hard to do that i know? feel like that mm-hmm. sounds like you're you're more like empowering them like you're you're still being an educator because mm-hmm. you are empowering them to like lead their own education mm-hmm. and then while they're exploring and like finding the things that they're passionate about you can say like oh this is why this is either not safe or this is why th- you can try this too like mm-hmm. um i remember we we went on a hike with the church and the boys the whole t- i feel like the whole time they were just like exploring jumping on trees and whatever and you guys are uh I don't want to say running around after them because that sounds like it, you're losing because con- they were never out of control. It's more just like you're letting them lead a little bit and like you're you're allowing them to take the lead so that you can like guide them safely and fun. And yeah, it's a collaborative effort. So the way mm. I teach too is very collaborative. So um, in Reggio Emilia, one of the three the things that you'll hear often is like there's three teachers in the classroom, the student, the teacher and the environment. So, like, all of that works together. And, like, being a parent, I'm just, like, okay, this, like, I'm reshaping what that looks like for me to collaborate with my children. Um, And also reparenting myself because I don't, I didn't have any collaborative type of, like, um, parenting or, you know, type of the way I was raised, you know. Um, I was the only child and in a house of, like, five adults. Um, My parents were immigrants and stuff like that. So everybody kind of like I was the th- I was it you know mm-hmm. like we came to America and you're here to study and you know um and like we're banking on you you know mm-hmm. and so there was very little of like um yeah my parents didn't really and they didn't grow up with that too um just ability to just explore and um there was always like a little bit of exploring when they weren't looking and then once they find out like I'm doing something it's like stop it's like yeah. oh you know yeah. um and there's a lot of things that were like stop like short like really soon you know um and so i think that it there's always this longing in me what is it like if i like were as able to really follow the threads i was curious about as mm-hmm. a child what would i be who would i be if i yeah. um you know had that opportunity but yeah mm-hmm. i feel like that's um something that i'm struggling with as an educator now is i, I work with with middle schoolers so i feel like they're you you can't contain a two-year-old's uh curiosity because they just like see everything and they're excited but i feel like a lot of my kids are um, they're shy and they're embarrassed and they're self-conscious so that they kind of act they have the attitude of like i don't care about anything and like don't ask me because i don't care so i feel like trying to pull out like a curiosity that they chase is like so tough sometimes because it's like I know you want to know things because you're a person and all mm-hmm. people crave knowledge of mm-hmm. some sort, but like they're so like sheltered, I'm not sheltered, but like closed off to the o- idea of opening up and that like, as a dance teacher, it like kills me, but it, it's mm-hmm. like so nice to, it's like fulfilling work because I'm like, if I can get a kid to kind of open up a little bit more, it's like I'm doing something important, you know? Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. I think it's interesting because I think when you get the older you get like this is why I love what I love about early childhood because um it's just where the brain develops. it's mm-hmm. before their habits are f- like really strong habits and thinking is is like you know formed and crystallized in mm-hmm. a way you know I mean we're always learning we could be lifelong learners and continue to keep learning as an adults but I think like young minds are a lot more moldable at that mm-hmm. time and um there's a term in psychology where like it's like learned helplessness is the thing, mm-hmm. you know, and like we don't have to, if, if you, if, if like nothing is available, 
and achievable for them at a young age or like you know like if they're if they're told no a lot often or if their ideas are shunned or shut off quickly like it's it's easy to learn that learned helplessness you know and i think it's about like it's almost about like unlearning it's it's unlearning even at in a middle school age like Mm -hmm. um the things that like hold you that held you back a little bit because i think one of the things i love about progressive education that i see is so important for like I would love to see more of in public school settings um, is just that opportunity to just foster a child's brain and like interest their personalities like that uniqueness you know and make and catering education to that mm-hmm. um, because it's like I don't know how often like you could be a really great student but you have no desire to learn you right. know like um, and or desire to want to grow mm-hmm. you know you just want to get an A in your test and get that college education and be done you know um but like i think like it's important to raise lifelong learners because like we people who are most successful in their areas of work and fields is because they're passionate about it you know um it's like it doesn't feel like work when you love what you do and i want people like i want to raise people that love what they do and find meaning in their work um so it's more than just like you know being getting smart kids to go to school you know Uh, no, funny. His big <laughs> smile it just cracks me up. He's yeah. Again, being, being an explorer. Um, uh, I forgot. There was something that I wanted to mention. Um, you know, there was a quote that I read about recently. Like, if a child doesn't follow the rules, they're called bad kid. Mm-hmm. They're bad. But if adults don't follow the rules, they're innovators. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. I think that it's important for us to, like think about that yeah. more deeply too like why why do we call children bad that don't follow the rules yeah. per se like what are what are the rules really for like and and I feel like the way that I teach is constant and working with the children constantly makes me have to reshape and reframe the way I think mm-hmm. and the way I do things you know um but yeah it keeps me on my toes yeah I think I was definitely, you said the the student that like gets good grades but doesn't like challenge themselves. I was definitely the opposite where like I, at school didn't work for me until like college honestly. Because mm-hmm. I was like, I don't care. I don't, I, I'm, I'm a smart kid and this honestly, it's funny my, my mom always makes fun of me now that I would like go home, do the math worksheet and then leave it at home and like get an F because I oh. didn't turn it in and I'm like whatever. Mm-hmm. But like it was easy for me to do but I didn't mm-hmm. care about like getting a grade. It was just like, you know. Mm-hmm. I already knew the thing, so like, why did I have to prove? Why did I have to prove to some teacher that I like knew the information already? You know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's a, uh, it's. I, I wish. I think I eventually kind of got the hang of school because I had teachers that knew how to like foster those interests um, mm-hmm. and kind of like feed me what I was showing that I was hungry for. You yeah. Know? Um, how do you feel? I guess. Um, do you feel like that thing? Because a, a lot of what what you're you're saying and with the is it Reggio Emilio mm-hmm. yeah. uh, a lot of that philosophy sounds like you need to have small enough class sizes so that you can actually like get to know each individual student like on a significantly deep level um, I have like 38 students in one class mm-hmm. do you do you feel like as oh God, from 38? a spectator oh, yeah I can't even yeah, imagine what that <laughs> as like. a spectator <laughs> of that do you mm-hmm. feel like that do you feel like you could still do that or or do you think that would be more challenging if you had literally like triple the amount of students triple or? amount of students. well 
Yeah, definitely. That's the thing about like private education. The ratio is always mm-hmm. is a lot lower. Um, there's support in place. Like a lot of these schools that I work with um, in the past, like there's teams of adults, you know, so like there's not like one teacher in a room with 12 kids mm-hmm. or like 20 kids or, you know, and you're done, you know, um, but there's like there's like different people in the school. Like there's a pedagogista who is like in charge of kind of like the philosophy and the psychology of like children. Um, And then there's like Tellerista who is really informed about the materials and how to really like help a child express something and using a material to connect with that, you know? Um, And so, yeah, um, there's a lot more structures in place. I don't think it's impossible. I think it's just one of those things we've never really mm-hmm. had the, you know, opportunity yeah, to yeah. try. Because um, I think that it would, yeah, I think that it's, it's definitely possible. To me, like, I feel like with the pandemic and everything that I learned from the pandemic and growing up and just being who I, where I've been now in life, like, I feel like anything is possible. We just kind of really invest in it, yeah. you know? Like, we have to see that it's worth it, you mm-hmm. know? Um, yeah. I, um... It's funny because I I current I think currently because this is my I mean tenth year in some type of educational setting mm-hmm. and then this is my second year in a public school education uh, mm-hmm. setting and um, now I I'm going through like the idea of because I'm a dance teacher I have to make my own curriculum mm-hmm. and like the 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 structures in place and how do they support me and when I first start at school I was like oh like I don't like the idea of structure because like I want them to be free and I want mm. it to you know this loosey good whatever <laughs> and then now as I'm growing and being coached and ever whatever every time I input a structure I put in a structure I'm like oh this allows them to be freer so yeah. it, like it's kind of this it feels like a contradiction because you're like in order to create freedom in the class you need to like have these structures in yes. place but mm-hmm. I, I think it's funny that I'm hearing that in you too to say that you have like a, a much more structured environment so that the kids can like explore a little more yeah for sure yeah. and that's why it's a little harder for me um as a parent because it's like i'm not like a high planning person mm-hmm. so i learned that like, i like to like be more like better at planning you know although um my kids and i are are pretty flexible like we've never been in like really strict nap schedules or sleep schedules and they they're actually pretty flexible you mm-hmm. know for the most part um and yeah, so I think it is a tension to hold. Um, I love psychology and neuroscience and stuff like that. There's a book that I've been reading recently called Soul of Desire, and it's a um, written by a neuroscientist. And he talks about like like the highest almost like being a mode of being is when your brain is in integration. And what that looks mm-hmm. like is your left brain and right brain is flowing mm-hmm. together. Like because oftentimes like we. I mean, how often do we be like, I'm not that way. Like, mm-hmm, I'm mm-hmm. more creative. Like, I'm not a planner. and yeah. Or I'm more like a planner and not that. That's not me. And it's like when we shut that part of, off and we don't allow ourselves to just be a different way of operating. Yeah. Um, or, yeah, a different expression of what it looks like to be creative or yeah. planner. Um, then, like, we're, we're like, short-circuiting our, like, neuro yeah. neurological, like, you know. Um, wiring too yeah 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 the (laughs) incorporating those structures at first I was so closed off to it because I was like oh this is gonna I'm having some you know 
administrator who knows nothing about dance, who knows nothing about my classroom coming in and telling me what I should do, like they don't know what they're talking about. And then the more I try stuff, it's like, oh, I'm challenging myself, but also like my own craft and like the kids and just like when you add those like healthy challenges for myself, it's like so fun. It makes it so fun to like try things that I'm like, I, I, I usually do it like this and I've been doing it like this for like eight years and I know that this works. I'm gonna try this and hope that it doesn't ruin everything and then it always like something cool happens because of it that gives me another idea. It's really it's really fascinating um, to tinker with education. Yes. Uh, it's very fascinating but it's also very nerve-wracking all yes. the time especially when I, that's the way I teach like yeah. I don't I, I write my own curriculum too or like um, I'm constant and my curriculum is based on my observation so if I don't have anyone to observe it's hard for mm. me to just like think of a curriculum and yeah. just do it um, and that's it, it and every year it's almost like I, I get really it's almost like stage fright but being a teacher fright mm -hmm. like I don't know yeah um, because yeah, it's nerve-wracking because it's like, I don't know what the kids are going to be like, yeah. you know? Um, and, like, do I still remember or know how to teach? <laughs> like, you know, and um, it keeps me on my toes, but I feel like it allows me to be open to what is possible. And oftentimes, um, it always blows me away. Like, mm -hmm. oh, my gosh, this is what they're learning, or this is what they're really interested in, and, and I'm learning with them, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and it's it's... It, it is always that's what keeps me teaching in this way because yeah. it's like okay I can come in with this plan and then it doesn't work out and be frustrated or I have this idea of like what I would do but if it doesn't go that way yeah. I can like pivot yeah. and like allow something else to emerge that like I could not have even fathomed yeah. you know and that constantly just blows me away when the children lead that and I can help support that you know because yeah. they can't do it if there's like no resources that are like they don't have access to resources yeah. they can't if they want play-doh they can just like wish for it and, and hope that their adult <laughs> would be like okay let's go get some play-doh yeah. you know but it's like they don't they don't have resources that yeah. are like at their fingertips but like when you're in a space where they their ideas matter and um and there are resources that the adults can really support their ideas then it's like oh you know like all these yeah. neurons are firing off you know and, yeah. We, yeah, we're, we talk about all the time how, like, you have to really, like, build relationships with your students to, like, effectively teach them, but I think it's interesting to build a relationship with a 13-year-old, I feel like it's pretty easy because, and it's not easy, but I mean, like, you can talk to them, and they can <laughs> tell you what they need, and they can, you know, tell stories or talk about their home life or whatever, but I feel like it, you can't really talk to a two-year-old about, like, you can, but it's, 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 a uh, that sounds harder to me as, as a middle school teacher oh yeah I feel like it's a lot of it boils down to just human connection you know because a lot of what we do communicatively doesn't always have to be verbal we mm -hmm. operate in a very verbal like you know society but like there's a lot of nonverbal cues we yeah. use too um I'm sure so. like emotions too like reading mm -hmm. how they feel yeah. is pretty clear it's hard it's easy to hide your emotions as a middle schooler versus yeah. like a I'm three sure. year old oh yeah 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 um yeah and i love what younger children offer it's just like they they really boil it down to like the basics you mm -hmm. know um and mm -hmm. it's like we complicate things so much because we're adults and you know we have like more experience or thinking to kind of like um influence that like but i think with children it's like i love younger children specifically i just love how simple things can yeah. be and yeah
That's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like this might, I was gonna ask this question, but now hearing you talk about it, it might be hard to answer. What does like a typical day at your school look like when you, when they come? Yeah, um, so yeah, it's, it, there are some structures in place because, um, and, but there is a lot of free flowing too. So a typical day looks like a child would come in, um, we start at 10, um, they sign in, um, we have a little sign-in sheet. It's not really about them like having to write their name, but it's about them recognizing their face, mm-hmm. facial recognition, then letter recognition, and symbolisms, you know, like your face, a mark represents you're here, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so that's all like pre-early literacy um, type of intention, and um, yeah, it's also just empowering for them mm-hmm. to be like I'm here yeah, you know yeah. um That's me. and yeah. yeah so um they sign in and then we have a little circle time and um I call it a meeting because I want them to feel <laughs> like I didn't want it to like make it where it's like all kitty like circle time yeah, yeah. floor time or whatever but like just wanted it to be a meeting because like adults have meetings and kids children have meetings and you know um so they can feel like an adult because like oh I have a meeting mm-hmm. <laughs> but I don't know <laughs> we have a little morning meeting and um Oftentimes they can, I want them to have space to just share about like their, their day. So mm-hmm. I'll ask them if they, anybody has any news, it could be good news, bad news or blah news. And they'll share like, oh, I lost my tooth or like <laughs> <laughs> the w- big wave came and took away all my stuff at the beach or like, you know, and I feel like that helps them feel a sense of community because a lot of times younger children are more wired egocentric and they're not going to be curious about somebody i mean there are children exceptions like children that are more curious and mm-hmm. more social than others but um a lot of that i feel like still needs to be kind of like fostered you know do, so do you find it with those little meetings do you find it hard to make sure that like or do you even care i guess if, if like one's uh, one child is sharing and like if somebody starts talking over them or something do you have to like let's let this one person share or do you kind of just let it happen naturally yeah well um uh it, there are always people children there are always going to yeah, yeah. be someone that's more <laughs> passionate about talking and they could just talk on forever and um we i want to hear them but then i also want there to be room and space for others to share too so um, and then also just on a practical basis, I can't hear everybody yeah, yeah. when everyone's talking over each other. So I kind of like really boil it down to them to like, okay, everybody's talking to me, but I can only hear a little bit of what everybody's saying. So, you know, yeah. and like if they want to be heard, it needs to be, you know, like they need to be able to share when there's space, like, you know, because when there isn't space, then we can't hear what yeah. you have to say. Um so it is important and that takes time for younger kids so that's why a lot of times we're just uh, last year a lot of those students were younger so we just sang songs and mm-hmm. it was like okay let's just forget about talking right now <laughs> let's just get through a song get through a book and then be like hey yeah. um but you know i think a lot of that takes time um and and intentionality because mm-hmm. i feel like if i can just be like oh they don't they they won't listen to each other they're just going to talk over each other and be done with that yeah. or i can like scaffold you know yeah. like this um there is a term in teaching and child child development called zone of proximal development mm-hmm. so what's the zone of proximal de- proximal development for a two-year-old or three-year-old to be able to listen to another person yeah. you know like what does that look like it yeah. might not be like me and you having this conversation i finished my sentence now what are you gonna yeah, say yeah. you know but um, yeah, so it's like just kind of dialing down my expectations too mm-hmm. as a teacher and be like, that was great. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> like 
somebody got to share not so no, someone wasn't <laughs> screaming over them and it was okay you know and yeah. that might look like someone's dancing and like moving around while like i'm trying to like hear what someone else yeah. is talking about but yeah mm-hmm. wow. hmm. uh so they come in any any oh, other yes, like consistency yeah. so um after that meeting uh, it's just like um, you know because it takes a while for children everyone to trickle in so we'll um people have some news to share and then we'll um, sing our welcome song or a few songs, just finger play songs um, to just strengthen their fine motor skills. Um, get their hands ready and warmed up for the day because they're going to be using their hands a lot today. Um, and um, yeah, and then I'll, I'll introduce materials and that's something that I really do value and love because um, I do want to know, I, I do want the children to know they have choices because there's, there's free play where they could just go into a space and just like choose whatever. But like, I feel like um, there was something an educator had mentioned in one of the conference I went to that children don't really can't really be free if they don't really know what are the choices available to them, you know. Um, and um, yeah, I don't know. It was that just like kind of stuck to me because it's like yeah, because I may just like be limited in my thinking and understanding because my world is this. But like if someone shows me like oh look, there's another opportunity or op- option here, it just expands my world a little more. Right. So I kind of advantage of that time um, during morning meeting to be able to introduce like a material that maybe some children don't think about gravitating towards but maybe bring it to life in a different way like um, so yeah I kind of do some advertising of stuff (laughs) Um, yeah and then the children make their choices and then they go about and um, uh, with their free play Um, and they just kind of move or move around uh, the school and um, yeah, sometimes conflict arise, but I'm there for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really shun away from it, or I'm not trying to like stop right away, but mm-hmm. really helping the children create, like, ha- um, giving them tools and strategies to cope with big emotions, right. and just allowing them if they're not ready to talk about it, you can walk away. But we're can, we're gonna have to come back to this mm-hmm. again um, if you want to come back to this space because yeah, yeah. yeah you know. Um, so the, that's kind of like the free play time. Um, and then after, so, and then 30 minutes before the end of class, um, we do tidy. So tidy zone of proximal development again, you know, what does it look like for a two year old, three year old, four year old to tidy, you know? Um, so we all tidy together. So it's everyone's job and it's not just like, Oh, I only played with like cars today. So I'm only going to put the cars, cars away, but I really want us to operate as more of a community. So um, we clean everybody. We clean everything. We take care of the environment together. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just like, you know, uh, the adults try to, like, you know, support and gently, you yeah. know, help the children to put away from some things. Um, and then we come together and we do a little um, movements and um, goodbye meeting. And that looks like, and I call it reflection meeting with the younger children. Um, I do want to foster reflection um, as a tool. Um, and, um, yeah, just foster a reflective yeah. um, people. Um, and so sometimes I'll just ask, like, reflection meeting time for us to share about any challenges that happened, any discoveries we made that we want to share. Um, or, yeah, just, like, something that surprised you today that you had you didn't think would happen. And, like, yeah, I just kind of open it up to what the children would want to share. But sometimes I also come in with a, with a lens because if there's, like, some reoccurring things that keep happening amongst all the children like someone snatching a toy Mm -hmm. and not being able to use the words then i'll kind of act it out in um a story play or you know um with puppets like little puppets and Mm -hmm. then they can see that situation where they were emotionally invested in in a different perspective to be able to like think through 
um, some conflicts that arise and have some tools in their belt. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it would be movement books or sometimes that those type of like um, meetings where we talk about, uh, we kind of, yeah, focus on that type of social emotional growth. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of, after that, we just sing our goodbye and um, that's the end of our day. That's mm-hmm. so awesome. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm, <clears throat> it's funny because I'm trying to like draw the comparison because I also teach, I don't know if, mm-hmm. if you know this, I, I teach at uh, Calhoun University no, to, okay. as an adjunct professor. Okay, um, and cool. I've, I've taught at Scripps College before um, mm-hmm. and then I started in like dance studios and then now I'm at a middle school. So mm-hmm. <clears throat> I feel like I have a lot of different like uh, settings that I've been, uh, that I've taught at and uh, I'm just trying to compare this because I've never taught in like a elementary set. Well, mm-hmm. I guess... Uh, in any sort of full-time like as a guest I've come but Mm -hmm. uh in in an elementary or pre-k setting um and like the idea of tidy like right now I I'm having this problem where people like certain things they'll like either mess with stuff on my desk or they'll like leave papers in my room and it always drives me crazy and I always say something Mm -hmm. but now I'm like why don't I literally say like right before I had dismissed them like everybody look at the room pick up something that you see you know like I could I could give them the um, uh, not responsibility, but like the challenge of like, hey, this is your room too. Mm-hmm. Let's let's treat it nicely so that you know. And I'm like, when you think about it in terms of like kid, uh, younger ones, it sounds so simple when you just talked about yeah. it. And then I'm like, how come I haven't thought of doing a tidy before we leave? Um, yeah, I think like yeah. Um, if like to foster kind of like initiation, like it it requires empowerment too and investment because. Yeah. So, like, uh, you know, if a child feels like they have ownership of the room and their voice matters in the room and, like, you know, it could be like, oh, what would you like to see in our in our classroom happen yeah. more, you know? And, like, maybe that fun would also, like, yeah. challenge them to do the not-so-fun, which yeah. is clean up, yeah, too, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's hilarious because, like, when I, whenever I tell an adult that what I do, I'm like, I'm a middle school hip-hop dance teacher, and they're always like, that's awesome, and I'm like, right? <laughs> like, everybody agrees. And yeah. then I tell, oh, no, did my <clears throat> camera die? I don't know. I think my phone died. Did it? Oh. Um, sorry, I can still go with the sound. Uh, yeah. Okay, cool. I whenever I tell <clears throat> them, you know, uh, I'm a middle school dance teacher, the, um, uh, adults always respond that's awesome and then when I tell the kids that they're like adults don't say that and I'm like no they do like you guys are so lucky that you get this class and they're like whatever uh-huh. and like they just don't see the, the <clears throat> value in it you know uh-huh. so it's funny to sometimes I think I get uh, a free like if I'm meeting somebody new and I say like I'm a hip-hop dance teacher people are like cool I get free cool points instantly just because yeah. that's like a cool job yeah kids yeah. don't care like really? <laughs> you have to like impress yeah. me more yeah they it's it's uh it's hilarious mm-hmm. um I was gonna ask too um uh well I was gonna say earlier it's funny with mm-hmm. the space and like uh I'm, I'm sad the camera died because it'll I mean it'll, it'll still get some of it but mm-hmm. um like to a kid this is like huge you know for me I can see the back of the room and even still there is a lot of stuff to like do here you Uh know Mm -hmm. but I'm imagining to a kid that just sees this as like wow I have the whole world in front of me you know that this is like a really really cool space for them it's incredible um and then what I think one of the last things that I was going to ask you um with running the um uh Sunday school program Mm -hmm. at church how do you I guess also you have a uh 
and here I'm assume, I was going to ask that too. You don't when you teach, you don't have like a team of teachers, right? You have other adults because they might be there, but like yeah. you're the the teacher, right? Yeah, the yeah. only teacher. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, <clears throat> so at Sunday school, whether you you're, I mean, because there are other teachers to help um, mm-hmm. and volunteers to to run like a team mm-hmm. to work with the kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you feel like? I guess even even being a parent or an educator in some sort, does that like? Do you think of those things at Sunday school, or does it feel like a totally different like? Do I think of what? Like education. Like, do you view it as like, oh, this is like another educational setting, or is it just like a Sunday school thing to you? Oh, um, I think sun Sunday school is. It I would say it's an educational experience, but it would be different than what others may think it's an educational experience. Like, it would be a spiritual education experience, mm-hmm. you know, because um, I think that um, the, on a Sunday, like the children have so much to learn about what it looks like to be a community, mm-hmm. like church community. Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, so I think it is, but it's, it's different. It's, it's yeah. different in, in a way because it is like a space where I feel like more authority to teach about spiritual teachings. Um, and then also the children majority like do know, um, come from Christian backgrounds and know Jesus or parents talk about Jesus at home. Um, occasionally we have children that come that ha- don't have no idea who Jesus right. is and like we totally welcome that and are so excited for that too um, because yeah it, it like allows us to really think think more deeply about our own faith um, mm. and be able to articulate it um, and so yeah it's a different type of teaching I, th- I would say um, and I try to make it where like in anything I do I just love I just care about it being personalized Mm -hmm. you know for it to be personable and um yeah personable for people because I think like one uh, in to me like the spiritual education on a Sunday is really helping the children see that like um Jesus is relevant in their life too it doesn't like Jesus isn't irrelevant only when you're adult and mm-hmm. you need to pray about getting a job or something <laughs> but like Jesus can help you right now with your bad dreams you know yeah, yeah. Well, they all tell us about our bad their bad dreams often so we have to pray for a lot of bad dreams <laughs> um, and yeah like just ask Jesus where was he in the bad dream you know like let's just like think of it let's invite Jesus into this holy uh, like into this creative environment you mm-hmm. know um, that's what I love about the Holy Spirit and um, that's what I see Sunday experiences being kind of like supplemental yeah. learning to, um, to what parents are teaching and hopefully right. are teaching at home, you know? Um, yeah. 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 I, I think it's so funny that, um, uh, we, in my class, we have the concept of the cipher, which is, I mean, it's a, it's a hip hop term, but it's like the community that you're in and uplifting that community and being a part of that community and recognizing yourself in that community. And it's like everything that we've talked about today like whether it's sitting here at their meeting or like you you the first one of the first things you said was describing the um connection to like the church community and just like teaching in general mm-hmm. um and then with your i'm gonna forget it again reggio what is it reggio inspired yes. yeah reggio emilio <laughs> reggio inspired. um uh you were saying that it's like so the social constructivist idea where it's like people are just so important to like teach people you know um yeah it's cool it's i i always i always tell the kids like if my kids if the this i think the cypher is just like like if everybody in the world was able to function like a hip-hop cypher i feel like it'd be a perfect (laughs) it'd be a perfect world um but it's cool that like it's very similar threads of like recognizing people's uniqueness and how they relate to others and like celebrating that and uplifting that and 
Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Because um, I think, it, like, what I love about, like, teaching in this way and education and just being, and, like, it just makes me a better human being, too. But, like, it, it boils down almost all of it to psychology because, mm. like, a lot of times it's, like, we can't function, we can't learn and be, like, functioning people in society if we're emotionally distraught, mm. you know, or there's a problem. And, like, if we don't see each other, then we it's it's easy for us to just you know bypass yeah. those things um and not really be able to see like the version of ourselves that is thriving you know yeah. um and yeah that's what i'm always i always think about that because whether but a lot of times the younger children their problems just look smaller like mm. somebody stole my shovel or i want ice cream <laughs> and i can't have it right now you know i mean well that's a, that could be an adult thing too but <laughs> problem too like um but you know it just looks smaller scale but like we have to understand that that matters you yeah. know because like if if it, if it matters to like you know if it matters to them it matters to me like yeah. i want them to know that yeah. um and so it just makes me, as an adult, have to really critically think about, like, okay, how is this shovel really affecting him right yeah. now, you know? Like, yeah. He has, like, what are you trying to do with the shovel? Like, what are you, what is, like, this shovel attached to, mm -hmm. you know? Um, mm. And it'll be like, well, I had this great idea to dig this big hole for this, like, blah, blah, blah to happen, you know, like, for cement or whatever. And, like, I need that shovel, yeah. you know? It's like, oh, you need a shovel to yeah. dig this hole. Like, is there something else we can use, you know? Like, just kind of really um, helping them articulate, yeah. you know, their needs. And, yeah, you, know. you make that... <laughs> Yeah, I've always said like I've always said I never wanted to work in middle school and mm -hmm. I only want to do high school. Mm -hmm. And now you're making me feel like I probably could work with elementary school Ooh. and like younger because you're so right. And like with the middle schoolers, I'm I'm noticing now that like a lot of especially recently I don't know what's happening this year, but like a lot of the girls are coming up to me with their boy problems. Oh. And I as a joke, I, and they like I think they bite. They understand that it's a joke. And I'm always like I'm not the person to ask. Like don't tell me about your feelings. Like what are you talking? You know. But to them, it's like, if a boy doesn't like them, it's like, that's their whole world. And you yeah. have to, like, it's, to me, it feels silly, but, like, you have to, like, recognize that it's so important to them. So to work through that with them is, like, a really special moment. That's yeah, really yeah, because it's more than the boy. It, yeah. Oftentimes, it's yeah. not even the boy. It's, even the boy. <laughs> it's, it's like, what does that mean if this person doesn't like me? Mm -hmm. Like, what, how, what does that mean of my worth and my value? Like, you know, yeah. um... And so what is that, what's that made place in society, yeah. like, you know, in school? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's so much more intricate. Uh, kids yeah, are... But kids are funny. Like, They're so preschoolers funny. <laughs> are hilarious. Oh, like, yeah, oh, yeah. Just the things that they connect, you're like, what? <laughs> like, and uh, I often have to, like, laugh, you know? Yeah. Like, I just have to laugh at the things that yeah. are happening that I'm, like, having this really co deep conversation. And they're very invested yeah. when we're talking about a bug. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> um, whatever it is, you know, but it's, it's, I love it. Yeah. yeah. That, that's how I feel when I'm around your boys or like a lot of the, the kids that, that run around at church, it's just hearing them talk. I just like, can't help, but just feel like, <laughs> this is so great. Like, whoa, these little kids are so silly. Um, yeah. It's cool to be around. Uh, yeah. This is awesome. This Thank is really you. cool. Thank you yeah. so much for, for doing this. I really yeah. appreciate it. And oh, Thanks uh, for inviting me onto your podcast. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> I feel honored. <laughs> Hopefully I was cohesive enough to yeah. understand. <laughs> 100%. Absolutely. Thanks so much. Okay. Yeah. There's no camera. All right. Bye, okay. everybody. <laughs> cool. That was fun. Yeah.